time for church. We'll get going this morning. It's good to have you today. I hope you all had a great week. If not, that's okay. We're still here for church, and we're going to praise Jesus this morning and spend time with him. Kids' church is uh, having worship this morning, so if you haven't checked your kids in, go ahead and do that, and uh, we'll uh, get going with what we're up to in just a second. But look around, say hi to a couple people as we get started this morning. Just turn around your seat, wave, high five somebody, elbow them, whatever you got. That'll work. Live streamer, it is good to see you this morning. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you would stand up on your feet, I'm going to open today with, with uh, uh, part of what we're going to talk about in just a few moments in, in the message later. But what Isaiah 61 is doing is that the kingdom of God is being enacted. And through the ministry of Jesus and what Jesus was up to, as we'll see in a few moments here, that Jesus was the one to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah was foretelling. And one of the things that happens in what Jesus is doing, as we see in Isaiah 61, in verse number three, that the garment of praise can be disposed upon somebody instead of the spirit of heaviness. You believe that? That there's a trading that's happening in Jesus, and it's an identity of who you are. And here's what I know. There's a lot of people walking around with the spirit of heaviness. And for whatever the circumstance it is that brings that, the scriptures tell us that we can trade that off for a garment of praise. And I believe that. And I believe it's an identity that we have in him because of the work of what he is doing. Amen? So we're going to spend some time this morning in praise and worship together. We're going to partake of communion in a few moments if you'd like to do that. But I want you to know that this morning, if you've come here with a spirit of heaviness, if you feel this weight in your life, Jesus is able to make a trade with you. In the work of the cross, he makes that trade with us. And the work is already done. And we stand in that work. That you can take the spirit of heaviness and you can say, Lord Jesus, please take this. And I believe that he'll trade off the spirit of heaviness so you can be released into a garment of praise. I believe this house is a house of celebration. Celebrating because what God is doing in us. I believe that. So in your expression this morning, in our praise and worship, you are free to express how you want to. You can raise your hands, you can clap, you can bow down, you can shout, you can dance. I don't care. Whatever the expression of your heart is, let, let's put on the, the garment of praise this morning. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? Lord Jesus, come. Be with us. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. We are your people, and we're here to worship you and to praise you and to be united together as those who call you our God. Lord, I pray that you touch each one of us here this morning. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter the circumstances of our life, we know that you are the one that will meet us and touch us and do what only you can do. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say.
said to partake in remembrance of him. This is the table of the Lord. All are welcome to come partake. Examine yourself in your heart. Okay? But as we do this in remembrance of him, body given, blood shed of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins, that's what this is all about. Because no matter what we do in the church, we always come back to that this is foundation for what we believe. Because without these things and, and certainly the resurrection of Jesus, our belief, our faith is in vain. This is the work that often brings freedom to each one. 
So if, if you'd like to, you don't have to, but if you'd like to participate in partaking of communion today, we ask that you come out to the middle aisle and come down and, and filter down the side. You may come uh, get the elements and we'll partake together in just a moment. I believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And that has absolutely positively changed my life. God has been good to me. He's been good to us. And like they were singing that song, sometimes I can't believe how good the Lord is. That what he has done has been for me, it's been for us. For all who would simply believe that he will forgive us of our sins. He will wipe us clean, make us whole. Save us, because we need saved. That's why Jesus came. And all the things you see in the Bible that lead up to Jesus doing what he did, there's, there's foreshadows, there's types, there's examples, but Jesus is the way of salvation. And in him we live. That's why we partake in remembrance of what he did. And we never forget what the work of the cross means for each one of us. Amen? Well, we thank you for your broken body that was given for us. You, you came to earth a physical, literal human being. You, you were born of a woman. You enacted the kingdom of God with your ministry and all the things that you taught, the things that you did, but the purpose led you to being obedient to death, even death on a cross, as the book of Philippians says. That you fulfilled as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, 
you fulfilled the wage of sin, that is death. You physically died on that cross for us in our place, and we thank you for that. Lord, we partake of, of the bread this morning in remembrance of your death on the cross. Let's partake of the bread together. As the book of Hebrews says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. In the mysteries of God, we find that your blood that was shed for us brings a forgiveness we can find no other place. A forgiveness that is our righteousness, a forgiveness in which we live in your grace. And we thank you for the shedding of your blood that washes us clean and makes us white as snow. Let's partake of the cup this morning. And just, just for a moment, just, just reflect. Reflect on what the cross means to you as, as an individual. God's mercy, his grace, his forgiveness enacted because of his love. We thank you, Jesus, for that. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you died for us on that cross. We thank you. We thank you for the overabundance of your goodness found there. We thank you. In Jesus' name, for your glory. I, I believe... Uh, the song sings called Jesus is All. Is that correct? I, I want you to reflect the fact that Jesus is all. In other words, Jesus, he's everything. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. In him is what we need, and we believe that. Let's reflect on that as we sing this song together today.
because you alone are worthy of our praise. Father, I pray that this would be a house, Father, where we are all in, where we give you everything that we have. Use us, Lord. We just call for you to use us. Let us be a blessing to you, Father. We thank you for the gift that you have given us, for calling our name first, for loving us as we were yet sinners. You are so, so going into a song of celebration here and I just I'm going to talk about it for just a second it's not a new song but it just has reminded me a part of John 3 16 where it says make it here on earth as it is in heaven and that's what this song is all about and it's fun and it just brings a light and we are supposed to be the light of this world and so as we celebrate that God has chosen us that he's coming back for his bride and that's us let's just celebrate together because he is good amen Darkness, fear. 
show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on fire when this nation back change the atmosphere build your Show your mind. 
Well, it's good to have you today. Feels like we we're getting a preview of fall weather coming in already. I don't believe it for one second, though. Well, you know it'll be 100 degrees out there again. All right, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, there's envelopes in the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of our ushers will help you out. And we appreciate your giving, your faithfulness, and all the things that we're doing. Um, we believe uh, that, that God has given us wisdom and good stewardship with all the money that comes into this house. And, uh, and as you give, uh, we just pray that God does with it only what he can do with it. Amen? Uh, how about Tom? If, if Tom, if you would stand up at your seat and just pray over tithe and offering. And when Tom's done praying, if you have something to give, you can bring it down. So let's all pray together. Amen, amen. So if you have something to give, you can bring it. A uh, handful of quick announcements before we open our Bibles up. Uh, today, right after church, uh, we're going to do our school supply distribution. Thanks so much for everybody that donated school supplies for, for students of our, our church. Uh, Tori and Samara will be back at the back there. They're just going to take a name down of who takes the bag. That way, we just know for the kids that weren't in church today when they're here next Sunday or Wednesday, whenever they're back, we have a bag for them. So we appreciate it. If we have any leftovers, we'll, we'll distribute them and get them out. But thank you so much. Then next Sunday at the close of service, what we're going to do is we're going to have all the parents and, and kids come down because school is starting up, and we're going to just pray a prayer over our families as they're heading into the school year. So that's going to be next Sunday as we close out church. So, again, thank you for your uh, giving of those supplies. We'll give them out after church today. Also, don't forget, 
uh, church-wide prayer every Monday from 6 to 7 right here. Where church you pray, church is vitally important. Uh, each year we take time to do it, like a 21 days of prayer. It's so important to us to do those kind of things. So uh, if you've never been to church-wide prayer, I encourage you to come out. That's tomorrow from 6 to 7. Um, where's Mike? Okay, we got, I, I've been uh, missing a couple of the details. I forget the name of the bowling alley. We rented a bowling alley on September 9th. From what times are we there? 7 to 9? And what bowling alley is it? Okay, so we've rented, uh, we rented the bowling out from 7 to 9. It's a free event. You don't have to pay your shoes or anything. Come in if you just want snacks. I'm not buying that. You can buy that. So uh, buy your own snacks. We're just going to hang out for a couple hours and, and bowl together. We'll have a prize for the top bowler, as long as it's not Mike. And then uh, we may have a prize for the worst one, which may be me. But anyways, uh, we'll just have fun that night. So mark that on your calendar. September night, we'll get together and just have a good time. And I thought there was one more. Let me, let me look in here. Oh, yeah, uh, we've got all sorts of small groups happening. So if you are not a part of a small group and you want to be, we believe that relationships are important. So three values. We have a church that drives what we do. We, we live by faith. That's our value one. In other words, we love God with everything that we have. Our second value is that we value relationships because we're called to love our neighbors ourselves. And small groups is one of the ways that we value relationships by breaking down and getting together and, and meeting together. And the third value is that we're rescuers. In other words, we take the light of Jesus to the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So if you want to, uh, information about small groups, just see me. And, and real quick, don't forget the back table. There are uh, prayer requests. If you have a prayer need, there at the back table for that. Give it to me, and we'll spend time. We'll have the, the Monday night prayer, prayer over it, and I'll pray over it. Um, also, if you're new with us today, these little connect cards are in the chair in front of you. I'd love for you to fill one out and give it to me. I promise you, your information goes nowhere. I do not bombard you with anything. It's just for a way for me to connect with you. So you can fill that out and get that to me later on. Okay. Get your Bibles out. Luke chapter 4. We've been in a series. I'm going to close this series up today. Um, and there's so much more we could do with this, but I, I just kind of felt we're, we're ready to to move to something else next Sunday. But we've been talking about images of salvation. And the Bible presents to us so many different aspects, different descriptions, different analogies, metaphors, however you want to put it, of what it means to be saved. Okay? And I believe that, first off, I want you to understand the rootedness of your salvation. And I want you to see the big picture of what it means to be saved. So when you come across words in the Bible like reconciliation and, and redemption and adoption, those are all aspects of our salvation. If you start to see the big picture, it's like a picture being painted or a puzzle coming together, that you see a fuller idea of what it means to be saved other than, well, I guess I'm saved, that means when I die, I go to heaven. Well, that's not really salvation. It's an aspect of salvation. But there's a much bigger picture of salvation than just that. So that's what we've been getting at in this series. So today, I kind of want to back up to another real big picture idea of what it means to be saved. So today is the work of Jesus does this for me, and it now is my, my identity. It is who I am in him, what Jesus does for me, and my identity in him. So Luke chapter 4. I believe today that God can set you free. 
I believe that because of what he has done, and I believe freedom is your identity in him. I believe that. I do not believe that we continue to live in bondage, not just of sin. We, we know we've been set free from sin, right? So you're forgiven of your sin, correct? But you're not just forgiven, you're set free. So I'm forgiven of, of something that is some level of a transgression against God, against his, his character, right? But it's not just I've been forgiven, but he sets me free from it so I don't have to live in it any longer. But what comes with that, there's residual effect of sin in our life. We've also been set free from those kind of things also. It's sort of what we're going to get at today. But I believe today that you not only can be set free, I believe if you're, if you're in him, you have been set free. Okay, so Luke chapter 4, verse uh, number 20. We're reading the end of something we're going to go back and read. And it says, And he rolled up the scroll that he is Jesus and gave it back to the attendant. So Jesus is in the synagogue. And he sat down, which the, the teachers would often read from the scroll, then sit down and, and talk about it and discuss it. And, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. They were fixed on Jesus. They, they were paying attention to him. In other words, he, he, what he was saying and what he was doing drew the fullness of their attention. That is the way we need to be to Jesus, by the way. How often are you giving him the fullness of your attention? That he's not just this side thing in your life that you kind of bring in and try to stick in your life. Well, I, I guess I discovered I needed forgiven, so... I heard about this Jesus guy, and he'll forgive me of my sins. He must have lived a long time ago and did some dying on the cross, raised from the dead. I'll, I'll stick that in my life and turn to it when I need it. Uh -uh. That he gets the fullness of my attention and, and who I am. Okay? But watch what Jesus says here. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture, we're going to go back and read what he read has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is big stuff that Jesus is saying here. We, we live long time after, and we have, we have the, the opportunity to see how this is played out in history. We kind of look back knowing the fullness. But when Jesus is saying this stuff, this is shocking statements. Because he could not claim the stuff that he's claiming here without being something other than a teacher. And he couldn't say what he was saying unless he was actually something other than a prophet or, or even a prophet that does some sort of miracle. Jesus is claiming something big. Jesus is the fulfillment of what we need. And he's the fulfillment of what this world needs. So when we say the image is a salvation, this world needs saved, each individual needs saved, Jesus is saying, I am the fulfillment of what brings this good news, this, this salvation into this world, and it's by no other way. Now, here's what I know. I have things in my life that bring some level of fulfillment to me, right? So, obviously, if you don't know, if you're new today, I am married. Thank Jesus, okay? Somebody was crazy enough to commit to me. I find a certain level of fulfillment in my marriage. But my spouse can't save me. And my spouse can't forgive me of my sins. We, we, we've been fortunate to have three children, right? All of them are pretty much out of the house. Okay, that's how old I am. 
I find a certain level of fulfillment in having children and, 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 and their lives and our relationship and seeing all the incredible things they're doing with their life. But my kids cannot save me. They can't forgive me of my sins. So, so I've been pastoring for 28 years, right? Long time. I find a certain level of fulfillment of living in some sort of purpose. But my purpose cannot save me. It can't forgive me of my sins. Okay? Well, we, we've been, we work hard, and we don't, we don't live by storing up treasure on earth, but we are storing up in a certain way that I can retire someday. I hope to do that. Okay? If I'm, if I'm like 90 years old still trying to do this, kick me out. All right? Yeah, you know, but there's no fulfillment in money. It can't save me, and money can't forgive me of my sins. I don't care what you chase in this life and what you find certain levels of fulfillment. My, my hobbies, the things that I do that I enjoy to do, whether it's hiking or hunting, all the stuff that I do that I find enjoyment in, it can't save me. Jesus is the fulfillment of what the prophets and the scriptures were speaking towards that brings salvation and the forgiveness of sin. He is the only way, he is the only truth, and he's the only life. And he is the only way back to the Father. So Jesus is the fulfillment. Well, what's he the fulfillment of? So let's, let's go back. Let's just start in verse 16, Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And we're going to go to Isaiah where this is found in just a few moments. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the work of the kingdom of God right there. That is what Jesus has come to do, and this is the essence of what we find in salvation. In salvation, Jesus is, is saying that he is the bearer of the Spirit. He is the one that has come to proclaim the good news. He himself is the good news. Now, by the way, Jesus was just in the wilderness for 40 days fasting, and he was tempted by the devil, right? That was a fulfillment of the way. Remember, Israel was in the desert for 40 years, and they didn't fulfill the whole deal. And Jesus, God, I'm sorry, God had to let a whole generation of them die off before they were brought into the promised land. Jesus did not fail in that manner. Jesus brings the fulfillment of the election of Israel to us. Okay? He is the bearer of good news. He comes back from this time in the wilderness full of power of the Spirit, as the Scriptures say. And he is the one that is saying... I have come to bring good news to the downtrodden and the marginalized. I have come to give freedom for those that are bound in captivity. I have come to bring healing to the physical bodies in their salvation. I have come to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. And he's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Most likely, that's drawing on this the, the year of Jubilee. So, um, 
in, in creation, you have six days of creation, and God rested on the seventh day, Shabbat, right? And, and you see the series of sevens then. So you have uh, your weekly Sabbath, then you have the seven-year cycle of, of resting the land and, and uh, uh, release of, of, of things. And then there's a seven times seven, so there's 49 years, and the 50th year is the year of Jubilee. It's a year where those that are indebted as slaves because of, of some sort of financial situation, they're, they're free. And, and land that was mortgaged is given back. And the land was given a rest. And there were no crops planted. So this year of Jubilee was rest and release. And it was the year of the Lord's favor. You see that? Jesus is bringing rest and release and bespelling, bespelling upon us the year of the Lord's favor, the favor of God. That's what we find in our salvation. And he's proclaiming it. Notice he said, today, I am here, Jesus. I am here, and today, this is being fulfilled. When was that? 2,000 years ago. That is fulfilled in our day today. You know that? And we'll find a final fulfillment of it when he comes again and reinstitutes in a final way the kingdom of God. But the point is, today, listen, today, you can find in your life the things that Jesus proclaimed. Today. You know that. Isaiah 61 is where Jesus is drawing from. Let's turn there. There's a little bit more to this that I want to show you. Isaiah chapter 61. The prophet Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah so much in, in, in the book of Isaiah, the prophecies that, that he speaks, especially the messianic prophecies that we find there. But let, let's reread what, what Jesus was drawing from when he, he read this, okay? Starting in verse number one, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, an opening of the prison of those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, when Jesus was reading from it, he stopped there, and he didn't read what was next. And the day of the vengeance of our God. That's what Jesus didn't come to do when he came. He stopped before he got there. God will judge, and sin will be judged. There will be a day of vengeance of God, of sin in this world. But Jesus for proclaiming freedom before the vengeance comes. Amen. That's what we find in him. But after that vengeance of our God, that day, here's some more things that, that come with what it means to be in our salvation in him, a bigger picture. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress. Listen to the imagery here a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a, a faint spirit or the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins and they shall raise up the former devastation. They shall repair the ruined cities and devastation and the devastations of many generations. 
Do you see how the work of God takes things that are broken down, burnt down, and, and seemingly in, in a place of, well, it can't be repaired. God has come to deal with that. For where there are ashes, he makes something beautiful. Where there's something broken, he, he fixes it beyond the place that it could ever be broken again. God does a work that we can only find in him. It's this big picture image of what Jesus is doing and what we can find as identity in him. That I can take off the spirit of heaviness and begin to live in a garment of praise because the work of Jesus. You don't have to live in ashes any longer. You see that? I'm not minimizing it anyway, nor am I uh, trivializing in any way what you've been through in your life. Not even close. Some of you have been through some stuff that I would never begin to understand. No, nobody looks at you and just says, ah, just get over it. There is no just getting over things that happen in your life. But God. And I, you, when, whenever you say something, you just throw the but God. This has happened, but God. This has gone on in my life, but God. This is what I'm experiencing in my moment, but God. In Jesus, and in the inauguration of the kingdom, and his work on the cross, and his resurrection, but God. Can take the spirit of heaviness and give a garment of praise. Can give a royal headdress out of the ashes pours upon you the oil of gladness, but God. Again, I can, I can find some level of help with things around me in my family, in my job, but God is the only one that can fully repair what has happened in my life, but God. Do you believe that? That is my identity in him. So there, there's an illustration I want to throw out to you. I heard somebody talking about this uh, two or three weeks ago, I thought, you know what? I'd like to use that. Death Valley, okay? How many of you know where Death Valley is? You ever, hopefully you've never been there when it's really hot. But Death Valley, I think they, they're throwing a picture up here of, of there you go. That, that's an aspect of one place in Death Valley. Let me, let me read you some things about Death Valley. Death Valley is a desert in eastern California, in northern Mojave Desert, bordering the Great Basin Desert. A lot of desert out there, I guess. But during summer, it is one of the hottest places on Earth. It's actually the lowest, it, it contains the lowest point of elevation in North America, 282 feet below sea level. You're not on sea level, you're below, okay? And, and certainly, as you can see, they're really not, doesn't look like the best place to grow stuff. <laughs> a lot of sand, a lot of rocks, a lot of, uh, uh, Salt flats. The highest surface temperature ever recorded in Death Valley was 201 degrees. That's blazing hot, folks. You could cook an egg right there and not get a chance to eat it, all right? That's hot. Uh, that, let's see, that was in the, uh, when was that? I think I wrote down. I think it was 1972, somewhere in there. But it has the Greatest number of consecutive days with a maximum temperature of at least 100 degrees. That was in 19, 154 days in summer 2001, 154 consecutive days with at least 100 degrees. 
1996, it had 40 days over 120 degrees. And then of that, 105 days of over 110 degrees. In 1970, it had 52 days when the temperature reached at least 120 degrees or above. 43 of them were consecutive. Well, it gets hot there. The average is about an inch and a half of rain a year, which isn't a lot. But Death Valley has a but God. And this is, this is why I heard it really captured uh, my imagination. There is an amazing phenomenon that happens in Death Valley. It doesn't happen a lot once every 10 years or so. And it happened in 2016, 2005, happened in 1998 and before. It's unofficially called a super bloom. And what happens is that there are certain uh, portions of Death Valley that end up being blanketed by millions of wildflowers. They grow out of that. And what happens is the fall of the year before it gets an unusual amount of rainfall, then they have these super blooms. Again, it only happens once every uh, 10 years, maybe somewhere in there. So throw up that first picture of a super bloom. Death Valley, certain portions of it turn into that. And it happens as long until the heat withers it again. But every once in a long while, they have a super bloom. This is another picture, Elijah. Death Valley. Death Valley, one of the hottest places in the world where you think nothing would ever grow there, has a but God. When the right conditions happen, even Death Valley can grow flowers. You think about that. So when you think about your life, you may think your life has been a Death Valley. And it feels like the Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you feel like you're there all the time. And it feels like I keep walking, but I never come out of it. I promise you, I believe that there can be a but God in the valley of the shadow of death where you've been. That when the right conditions happen, in other words, there's saturation of the spirit, your death valley can turn into a super bloom where something was made out of the ashes, something was made out of what was broken. God is the master reclamation, do-it-yourself do, do guy. He just takes it, and he takes what you have and what your life is becoming. He says, okay, I'm going to do something miraculous with this. I'm going to change all of this stuff. And because you are in me, you are saved. I'm going to do something miraculous here. Amen? I believe that you can have that. If you willingly walk in this place where you are willing to put off that spirit of heaviness and allow him to change it to the garment of praise. God, God listen, God is doing something beautiful within you. I believe that. And the work that he's doing is a work that only he can do. I, I promise you, Elijah, go back to that first picture. I guarantee you there are times that I've felt like this. Promise you. Well, it felt like my inner being is dry and it's cracked and impossible to produce anything. But yet God, throw that first one back up, but God 
has something for me and for you. Again, today, this has been fulfilled. Jesus isn't Lord of this earth only when he comes back. He's Lord right now. Though we don't find the finality of the kingdom of God until he comes back, the kingdom of God is right now. And I can begin to live in the reality of a super bloom where it seemed impossible in my life in prophetic calling of what is to come. This will be the finality of all things, but we're working this out now. But I believe right now that God can do a work in you to lay down all of these things and pick up what he has given you. That's your identity. Let me, Elijah, throw that first one back up. In Jesus, is this your identity? No. But, Elijah, but in Jesus, this is what you're becoming. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So, Whatever it is that you know are things that, that have oppressed you, notice the wording of Isaiah and what he, oppressed, prisoner, captive. See that? Oppressed. Those are things that, that you are bound in, that are holding you, that, that seems like, like you can't get out of it. Uh-uh. Jesus has come to bring freedom in those things. Amen? I believe that you're set free. And I believe that you can live in that freedom today. I believe that. Do you believe? Let's pray. We'll close out today. The work of the Holy Spirit as he has been sent to us So I would encourage you today, I'm going to pray, but I would like to encourage you for a couple moments. The oppression, where you feel captive, the spirit of heaviness. And I'm not saying you haven't prayed. I'm sure you have. I would encourage you to start praying in a way that says, that is not who I am. That's not me. I'm working it out, but I'm drawing on my identity in Jesus who came and did a work in my death valley. And you consistently call on him to do the work in you that brings forth what his spirit is doing. I'm not condemning you if you feel that way. If you feel that way tomorrow, it's like, oh, I'm a failure. I don't have faith. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But as the life of faith that we're leaning on him to do the work. It's not condemnation when you struggle. It is that I can begin to live in something that God is doing. I'm going to continue work. I'm going to fight for it with his help. You understand what I mean by that? Lord Jesus You've done the work. Today is the day of salvation. Today is fulfilled in our hearing. We believe that. 
Yes, we long for your return, and we long for the finality of the kingdom, but it doesn't just start then. We believe today the oppressed can be delivered, the captives can be set free, the spirit of heaviness can be traded for the garment of praise. We believe that. Now, I pray in Jesus' name that those that, that struggle with certain things, whether it was things that have happened to them or things they've gone through, sometimes maybe their own decisions, sometimes it was just brought to their life and it wasn't even fair. That you do the work that only you can do. And that we are seeing this, this blooming of the salvation working out in our life where the enemy has tried to bring each of us down. Lord, you have taken that death valley and turned it into a testimony of your saving work and your releasing work and the freedom found in our salvation. So help us today. Lord, for anybody here that's felt far from you, I pray that you remind them somehow, some way that you've always been with us. For those that have felt like they've struggled over and over and over again, wondering where their deliverance would be, I pray there is a setting free for them. For those that have struggled with the hope of a future, I pray you revitalize their life in you. For those that worry and stress and live in anxiousness. I pray for a peace that passes all understanding. For those that feel that they fail because of these things, I pray that you encourage them and let them know there's no condemnation in you on them. I pray in a way of revitalization, a fresh pouring of the Spirit on each one of us today. As you continue to call us forth to live in you and to live by you and to live for you. We ask for a super bloom in this church. A lasting one. That glorifies you and that honors you. I pray a fresh joy in this place, joy of our salvation renewed in this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For those watching on the live stream or whatever platform they're on, I just pray, Lord, you, there's something that grabs their heart there too. I thank you for them watching. I pray, I pray if they're local, they get here, Lord, that we can be a body together but help them. In Jesus' name. Now, what I'd like to do is, is if, you, if you're here this morning, man, you say, I'm struggling. I want to pray with you. I would like you to come down when I say amen in just a moment. I'd like you to come down. I'd like to pray with you for a moment before you head out today. One of the reasons why we're here is to encourage, help one another, build one another up in the faith. Amen? All right, Lord, so as we go today, bless each one. 
pray we come back together on Wednesday and next Sunday, Lord, that, that you lead us, you guide us, that we go out into this world and we're rescuers, a light in this world. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Well, thank you for coming today. It's good to see you again. If you'd like prayer this morning, please come. We'd like to spend a couple moments with you. If not, we'll see you this coming week.